Hello, my friends. Today, uh, two monologues in one, actually. The first is about CBC Kids, which is a you know the, the children's news propaganda element of the state broadcaster. They have a kids' drag show that they're pushing. It's quite something. I'll show you the video. It's just amazing to see the CBC trying to indoctrinate children into drag. Amazing, but not surprising. And then I'll talk a bit about C-11. That's the censorship law for the internet that the liberals invoke closure on today. I think you'll enjoy the show today and some great letters afterwards too. You can get the video version by going to Rebel News Plus. That's what we call the video version of the podcast. Rebelnewsplus.com. Click subscribe. It's eight bucks. Do it because I think there's a lot of great value in the video version of it. But do it also to support Rebel News because we do not take money from the government and we never will. So we need viewers like you to help us out. All right, here's today's podcast. Tonight, why is Trudeau, CBC state broadcaster, pushing children as young as nine to be transgender? It's March 30th, and this is the Ezra Levant Show. Shame on you, you censorious bug. I saw this story on the CBC website. The reign of big butts may be ending, but experts say our obsession is worrying. <laughs> it's a story about butt culture, they say. I'm serious. That's from the CBC, the Trudeau State Broadcaster. You pay $1.5 billion in taxes a year to that. Because if the government didn't talk about big butts, who would? I like big butts and I cannot lie. You other brothers can't deny. And when a girl walks in with an itty bitty waist and a round thing in your face, you get... Oh, right. Literally everyone from giggling schoolboys to rappers to the porn industry. Thankfully, Trudeau is there to take your tax dollars to talk about big butts. But it's one thing to talk about big butts in the most boring political way humanly possible that only a government could do. I suppose that's the CBC's unique selling point. They can talk about sex in a way that makes it unsexy. What else do you expect from government journalists? But it's one thing for them to talk about big butts on CBC radio. I'm pr pretty sure no one is actually listening, certainly no kids. But what about when they talk to children directly about sex? As in when they pull children into a studio and talk about sex with young kids and then make a documentary about it and produce that documentary about children being sexualized and then promote that documentary to other kids. It's so gross. And again, your taxpayers' dollars are paying for this. Unlike the big butt story, this isn't a conversation about adult sexuality. This is a kind of child pornography. And not surprisingly... We learn about this not from any Canadian news media, but from foreigners. I learned more about controversial Canadian news from the Daily Mail newspaper in the UK or the New York Post and Fox News in the States than I do from Canadian media. I suppose I should say that the CBC does talk about it because they're the ones who actually made this child porn. Take a look at how I first found, about, found out about this. This is a Twitter account called Libs of TikTok which is famous for finding and sharing the most insane and woke TikTok videos, usually posted by teachers bragging about what they're doing in classrooms. They're usually full of nuts from the U.S., but Canada caught their eye this time. By the way, that's something that teachers do a lot these days. They brag about how they're imposing their politics, including their sexual politics, on children. And I don't just mean high school kids. I'm talking about children as young as grade school, as young as kindergarten. I mean, look at this man in Ottawa who says he's a principal in Ottawa and will spend the next 25 years indoctrinating young kids in his sexual theories. Sounds like killing animals, killing people's spirits. No, I yeah, feed my family. Uh -huh. yeah, I feed my yeah. family. Mm -hmm. And you know what my greatest hub is? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Working for a living. Yeah, That's yeah, me too. Hobby. Amazing. And I yeah. work with my hands. Oh, so good. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm a principal in this board, and I'm making sure there's rainbow pubs in every single K to six school. So kids 
who are three and four have the space that they need and deserve. You are ill, but I'm so going to pray for you. Uh, you can, uh, please don't pray for me. Don't waste your time. We're not changing. These are human rights. Do you understand human rights? I won't stop. I won't stop. I'm 36 years old. I'm going to be a principal in this board for the next 25 years. And every single school will have a rainbow club for all 25 of those years. You're wasting your time. Call me sick. I hear you. I hear you. Go get an education. Go get an education. Yes, please. You'll do us all a favor, including yourself. Most importantly, yourself. Most importantly, yourself. I'm sad that this is how you want to spend your time. I'm sad that this is how you want to spend your time. Me and all these people. They're not here for you. No, the people with the signs from the 1930s are with you. These are so archaic. Are you guys going to make new signs that are updated? Are you going to change the rainbow? No, this is actually from the 2020 Pride Parade. We just got these like seven months ago. Seven months ago. Yeah, get your kids out of public school. Homeschool them. Schools are no longer there to teach your kids for you. They're there to take your kids away from you, to indoctrinate them and alienate them from you. And so often they do so in secret. They so often have these sexual clubs at school that explicitly will not tell parents what they're doing. How creepy is that? Whenever an adult tells a young child not to tell their parents what we're going to talk about, that is a red flag. It's just so unusual to see a principal boasting about it like that creep from Ottawa. But back to the news from the CBC. Here's the tweet from Libs of TikTok. They say, taxpayer-funded Canadian TV put out this segment, normalizing drag for kids. Take a look. Why are you nervous? But I'm like, I've never met anyone that's not. I can't really explain. Is this your first time seeing a drag queen? Yeah. How does that make you feel? Uh, a fight it, but a little bit nervous. I'm a little bit nervous. I've never seen a drag queen before. <laughs> and what do you think? I think it's cool. It's great? Yeah. Why are you nervous? I don't know. It's just different. It's different and yeah. new. Okay. Yeah. Do you think that boy can wear makeup? Yes. And would you agree that makeup is for everyone? Yeah. Yeah? Where do you buy your drag clothes? This is a, I bought this at Value Village, secondhand. I make a lot of it, and sometimes I'll buy things secondhand and I'll alter them to make them more drag. That's a clip from a CBC documentary. Look at those kids. Kids, how do you feel? They're asked. Well, they're nervous and they're confused because they're doing things and seeing things that they know are not normal. That's not how adults are supposed to be around kids. That's not how a thousand generations of civilization have worked. I'm not just talking about gay or straight. I'm talking about sexuality at all. You don't have an explicitly sexual fetishist conversing one-on-one -on -one in private. I don't know where the parents were with young children. The kids know it's wrong instinctively, but the grown-ups aren't protecting them. They're trafficking them in a way. They're setting them up. They're pushing them into this unusual, abnormal sexual situation. Of course they're nervous. Children of those ages are supposed to be playing with toys, riding bikes, doing sports, watching movies, Disney movies, whatever, not answering questions from hyper-sexualized adults who obviously get some sort of thrill pushing their private sexuality into the world and onto children. That's what's clearly going on in that Ontario classroom where that pervy teacher has those enormous fake breasts. That's not normal, and that's not even normal transgenderism, is it? The whole point of that is for him to wear those to class and force everyone to look at him and pretend that they're normal and he's normal. He's using the class, he's using the kids to fulfill his bizarre sexual fantasy. Their presence is obviously essential to him. It's essential for him to have girls and boys with him, to interact with them, that, and to pretend it's normal. And really, what's the difference between the shop teacher perv and that drag kids show, except that parents were complicit in the drag show movie, I presume, but parents are forced to accept that freak in their kid's shop class. What happens, though, is that children are fast learners, and they want to grow up quickly, don't they? They look and they learn and they copy. If you tell your kids not to smoke, but you're smoking, they will smoke. They learn by copying and figuring out what people actually mean, not just what they say. Kids learn. 
and they want to please the adults around them. I saw this chilling tweet um, by a Chinese-born freedom activist in America. He said, indoctrination of children, the woke has definitely outdone Mao. And he's right, isn't he? You see those kids in the cultural revolution. So what I showed you before that libs of TikTok uh, found, that was an excerpt from a CBC documentary. And when they made that documentary, they then had their children's news network at CBC interview the stars of that. I've done stories before that the CBC is a special bureau designed to indoctrinate children. It is child actors reading scripts that are written by adults and they try to convince children of ideological things. Here's their homepage. Some of it is innocuous, talking about sports and music, but there's plenty of ideology in it, as you can see. Just to pick a story example, what is Roxham Road? Why people are being turned away at the border. Story by CBC Kids News. Critics worry new rules will make crossing more dangerous. Oh, really? Five teens, five words. Young activists on why we're slow to act on climate change by CBC Kids News. UN shared possible last words before we hit 1.5 degrees limit. The UN has given what may be its last warning before climate change reaches a tipping point. You get the picture. It's Liberal Party propaganda directed at children through the unethical use of child actors. You know that many ads are banned on children's TV shows altogether, right? That's the advertising standards that, that, that are found predatory, right? Because children are susceptible to lies and persuasion in a way that a grown-up isn't, right? I mean, children are trusting. Have you ever heard the phrase taking candy from a baby? That's why you don't allow children to sign contracts or, you know, you have a guardian with them. Well, the CBC doesn't care. They propagandize directly to children precisely for that reason, they know what they're doing. Here's their special excerpt on CBC Kids News from that Drag Kids documentary. This is specifically targeting children when their parents aren't there. In regular times, her name is Bunny. But when she's in drag, what well, my dad. Um, I'm a 12-year-old hyper queen, meaning a 12-year-old female drag queen. My drag name is also my real name. Simple. I'm Jason Kerr, and my drag name is Susan B. Anthony. My name is Nemes, my drag name is Lactatia. I'm Stefan, and my drag name is Laddie Gaga. Drag is a lot of things. Drag is a performing art because you are the canvas. Showing who you are, but like with singing and dancing. Drag is just a self-expression and an art. You are the canvas. You do your own thing and you perform. A man transforms into a woman for entertainment and a woman transforms into a man for entertainment. I'm off the deep end, watch as I dive in. Out of the ground. I'm really liking No Excuses by Megan Trainer. Paparazzi. Circus by Britney Spears. Ginger Minge. Alaska from season five and All Stars 2. Ruby Diamond. I like Baby Bell Bell. Work spelt with an E or a U. Fierce. I like, um, sachet. Okay. I just have to end it with a tongue pop. I mean, it's like the period to the sentence. That they can do drag too. If anyone wants to wants to bring you down, you fight back. Not only that that's okay, but that there are other people like that. When you figure out you're gay or trans or something like that, it's not something that happens once you become an adult. It actually is around 
like all the kids of the documentary's age, that we start kind of thinking about these things. And to just know that there are other kids that are here doing this, it shows that it's okay to do this and that you're not the only one, it's not weird. I perform in front of crowds now and they cheer, so I know that I'm doing all right. <laughs> Drag has helped me express myself in a way that I'm not able to in everyday life. Walk my way down the road of self-discovery and figure out who I am as a person. And it's helped me connect with people in the community. It's helped me to be myself. By the way, in that YouTube video, I noticed that comments were turned off. It's not interactive. You can't speak back. You can't criticize. You have to listen and obey the CBC. This is how children should be. Children as young as nine. You don't have a sexuality yet when you're nine. You're just doing what adults have planted in your mind. It's like those people who claim their dogs are vegetarian. No, they're not. Dogs are carnivorous. It's the dog owners imposing their fashion on their dogs. No nine-year-old is a drag queen other than they are being manipulated by their parents or other adults. Did you hear that one kid? I perform in front of crowds and they cheer, so I must be doing something right. Yeah, no, no. The CBC's on a mission, obviously. Is it okay for your kids to watch or take part in drag performances? What do you think the answer in their story is? By the way, it's the only answer that's given. There's no debate. They don't have different points of view. Just one idea is allowed. Let me quote Ashley Ewell, a Calgary-based registered psychologist who specializes in child and adolescent mental health, says, quote, the idea that drag is somehow bad is actually incorrect. Oh, is, is that a fact? From a de developmental standpoint, kids have a very fluid understanding of gender, she says. It's really important to have healthy conversations that are developmentally appropriate about gender roles and gender expression being part of art for, for kids as young as nine. Parents should watch their children for signs of anxiety and depression, which can affect children of all ages, Ewell says, whether they like to participate in spelling bees, swimming competitions, or drag shows. Yeah, it's just like a spelling bee, people. It's nothing more stressful and, and natural than a spelling bee. Hey, you know what comes next? I've seen the future. I saw this online. It's a TV show from the Netherlands focused on kids called Simply Naked. Welkom bij gewoon bloot. In gewoon bloot gaan volwassen mensen geheel uit de kleren zodat wij er wat van kunnen leren. Deze kinderen uit groep 7 en 8 mogen aan hen alles vragen over hun blote lichaam. En vandaag hebben we als gasten transgenders. Het gaat echt om het gevoel wat je van binnen hebt. Ja, en dat gevoel, daar, dat kan je gewoon hebben, maar daar kan je ook iets mee doen. Zoals ik ook een operatie heb gedaan, mm -hmm. maar je kan ook transgender zijn en uh, geen operaties uh, ondergaan. Die heb ik wel wat in mijn broek, maar ik, ben, ik heb nog steeds een, een vulva en daar voel ik me niet prettig bij. En vandaar dat ik dan passeer in mijn bokser met mijn pekker erin. Vaginaplastie. En wat betekent dat? Dat je dus zeg maar van het mannelijke slag, um, ja, je laat het dus ombouwen naar het vrouwelijke slag. Op het eerste moment denk je, huh? En op het tweede moment denk je, oh, het is eigenlijk best normaal. Het is eigenlijk gewoon heel normaal. Dus het is niet alleen ja, per se alleen man, man en vrouw, vrouw. Uh, eh, daartussen zit gewoon ontzettend veel. Nadat je een operatie hebt gehad. Anne Chris, hoe voel je dat? Uh, ken je het woord euforisch? Nee. Oké, okay, dat is echt heel blij. Echt heel blij. Ik werd wakker en ik wist dat ik geen borstje meer had, dat het plat was, dat het was zoals ik altijd heb gewild, zoals ik me van binnen voel. Ik was echt tot plafond, uh, zeg maar door plafond vrolijk gewoon. Het is een soort van dat je vliegt. Ja. Ja, ja. Ik ben daar gewoon super blij. What's going on there? It's not about gay versus straight. It's about children who are pre-sexual being taught to be sexual, to be in the companies of adults who are explicitly and aggressively sexual. It's about grooming the children to break down children's natural and learned aversion to sexuality. And worse, it's about carving up the children. That's the gay case against transgenderism. Sometimes a child is confused, especially if they're bombarded by teachers and principals and propagandists in the CBC. Sometimes girls are tomboys. Sometimes boys are confused. I think most people are confused for a, for a, a moment when they're teens. But what does cutting off breasts or genitalia have to do with that? If someone is gay, you don't cut them up. If someone's lesbian, you don't carve them up. 
That's the insane conclusion of this child-devouring cult. The other day, we talked with Barbara Kay about the end of the taboo called Thou Shalt Not Kill, where now one in 30 deaths in Canada is a doctor-assisted suicide. But this is another taboo that's being broken. We are devouring our children. We are sexualizing them and destroying them. And of course, the CBC is in the lead. Stay with us for more about Bill C-11. Today, Bill C-11 was rushed through Parliament. The government invoked closure, which is exactly what it sounds like. They shut down any further debate on it. I learned about this from Pierre Polyev, the leader of the opposition, who put out a great video showing him running down to the chamber to vote on it. I just want to show you that video for a second. Take a look. Hi, everyone. Pierre Polyev here. Uh, there's just an emergency here in Parliament Hill. The Liberals have just announced that they're shutting down debate, they're censoring debate on their censorship bill. Uh, we just got the notice right now. As you know, they've been trying to censor the internet in what Canadian artist Margaret Atwood is called creeping totalitarianism. So give Trudeau's woke bureaucrats over at the CRTC the power to control what you see and say on the internet. I'm just uh, rushing into the House of Commons lobby right now. Conservatives are the only party fighting back. Uh, but as you can see, uh, this uh, closure is now being brought right before us right now. You see right here, online streaming act. They're bringing in what's called closure, which shuts down debate and rams the bill through in record time. Only conservatives are fighting back against this censorship bill. We believe you should have the freedom to decide what you see and say online, but I need you to immediately sign my freedom of speech petition. The link is right before you. Click sign immediately. Let's bring home freedom. I want to give you back control of your life and make this the freest country on earth. It's common sense. Let's bring it home now. Well, I'm glad to hear that Pierre Polyev and the Conservatives are against C11. I did know that Rachel Thomas, one of their MPs uh, from Lethbridge, in fact, has been talking about this for a while and she calls it like it is. A censorship bill. You would think other parties would be against censorship, including the NDP and the Bloc. You would think anyone would be about against censorship. But in fact, they have been very much for it. Here's an NDP member of parliament from the far north saying she loves the idea of the government being reg able to regulate what you say. Here, take a look at her. And I thank the member for his question. Uh, I, I guess to put it simply, uh, I very much prefer to have the CRTC uh, determine what is reflected back, uh, what, what they regulate regarding uh, online streaming, uh, as opposed to uh, studio executives uh, that are outside of this country. And that is what we're talking about uh, in, in this bill. Uh, there's already been content regulation for TV. There's been content regulation for radio. And that content regulation needs to happen for online streaming because so many Canadians are online every day. Huh. And here's a Bloc Québécois MP who couldn't be happier, explicitly happy, about censorship to protect the French language. Uh, I don't really think there's a connection. I don't think censorship protects anything, but she's thrilled about it. Take a look at that. If violating freedom of expression means ensuring that Quebec content is well represented online, well, the, then that's worth it. And I don't even need to tell you this is gonna pass, of course. Um, Earlier today, we had an emergency live stream broadcast. I sat right here with my friend David Menzies, and we went through this. I wanted to do that in real time. And I went through Bill C-11, and I went through the particular section that worries me. There's many things about C-11 that worry me. The biggest one, obviously, is that it puts the Internet under the power of the CRTC the Canadian Radio, Television, and Telecommunications Commission. Even the language is archaic. I don't know what a radio hyphen television even is. It's like the talkies, I joked. Um, you know, it's so uh, old-fashioned. The whole wonder of the internet was it was free, free from the CRTC. That's why Rebel News started internet only, whereas Sun News Network was killed by the CRTC. 
One of the things that the word rebel in Rebel News referred to is rebelling against the regulatory structure that let some political hacks in Ottawa kill Sun News Network. We were free. We were beyond their reach. Well, that's changed today. And so now the Canadian Radio Television Telecommunications Commission now has power over the internet. And specifically in this bill, they declare that platforms like Twitter and YouTube and Google are now broadcasters, just like CTV or Global News. And so they intend to regulate the internet just like they regulated radio and TV for so many years. There's many things wrong with this, this bill, but the thing I think they're going to use to kill us is under Section 9 of the bill, which is becoming law now, where the government has the power to command any of these broadcasters to hide, to derank, to hide the discoverability, that's the word they use, of any media outlets they don't like. It's They literally give themselves that power. So I, instead of having a guest segment today, what I wanted to do is I wanted to play to you an excerpt from the live stream with me and David Menzies today. And I hope you'll accept that instead of a discussion uh, with a guest, which we normally have as the second part of the show. But I feel like I went through this methodically, and for many people, it was the first time they heard it. So I hope you'll accept me replaying for you the conversation that David and I had earlier today. You know, we do the live stream every day. We do it from 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern time, and we're debating changing it up again. And, and uh, I'm thinking of doing more live streaming myself. I enjoy it. I just have to find the time for it. So without further ado, here is an excerpt from today's live stream on the passage of C-11. There's no other way to describe it. This is the, the law that begins the end of internet freedom in Canada. This is one of four bills, proposed bills in a row that bam, 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 four of them in a row will end internet freedom in Canada. Internet freedom has been under attack for a long time. C-11 puts the internet under the control of the TV commission, the CRTC, which is a, a fossil. It's obsolete. It was decades ago when there was limited bandwidth on the radio and you had to apply to the government, can I have this, you know, if I'm on 990, does that interfere with that other radio station? There used to be a limited bandwidth issue. That's what the CRTC was about, apportioning who's on the radio. Limited number of channels on TV cable companies, who's on what cable. That is not relevant in 2023. 2023, you don't need to be on radio or TV. Those are sort of old. It's like a rotary phone as opposed to a cell phone. No one uses it. But Trudeau wants to take that old regulator called the CRTC, the Canadian, even if, let me, you're not even going to believe what CRTC stands for. Do you know what it stands for? It's the Canadian Radio and Telecommunications Commission. Yeah, radio, tel Canadian radio television. <laughs> Could you put, put CRTC.gc.ca, uh, put the homepage up. People won't even believe what the full name of this regulator is. It It's so archaic. The words don't even make sense. It's from, you know, it's like moving pictures, like the silver screen. Look at that. Canadian Radio Television and Telecommunications Commission. What even is a radio television? So there's a lot of legalese here, but I promise I'll make it easy to understand. So you got to, you see at the top it says conditions, and then there's all these conditions, well, A, B, C, D, E, F. So I'm going to read the top there, and then I'm going to read part E, and you're going to see what I'm worried about. So um, the commission, that's the CRTC, that's the government uh, bureaucracy. When they say the commission, that's who they're talking about, the CRTC. So let me just read this and I'll walk through. The commission may, in furtherance of its objects, make orders imposing conditions on the carrying on of broadcasting undertakings. That's what they call Twitter, YouTube, Google. They call those broadcasters now. See, this is what's so weird. This is the Frankenstein nature of it. Twitter, YouTube, Google, Facebook are not broadcasters. No. That's why they've never been regulated along with the with the talkies. <laughs> but C11 now says, oh, no, you are now a broadcaster. Yeah. Okay? So let me read that again. The, the commission, that's the bureaucracy, may, in furtherance of its objects, make orders imposing conditions 
on the carrying on of broadcasting undertakings that the Commission considers appropriate for the implementation of the broadcasting policy set out in subsection 3.1, including conditions respecting, and then there's a, a list. So I haven't even got, I'm just saying, just explain the preamble there. These are things that the government can do to YouTube, to Twitter, to Google. And then there's a big list of them. And I want to jump to number E. So I'm 9.11E, very legalistic, but that's what laws are like. Let's read it, okay? So the government can regulate, they can make orders against Twitter, YouTube, Google, Facebook to do what? To do E. Uh respecting the presentation of programs and programming services, that means our videos, your tweets, your Facebook posts, for selection by the public, including the showcasing and discoverability of Canadian programs and programming services, such as original French language programs. They throw the word French language programs in there, but that's just an example. So let me read this again. The government can make any order respecting the presentation of programs and programming services for selection by the public. That means the algorithm. That means search results. That means the watch next, the for you. You know, on every social media app, it sort of gets to know what you like. Mm -hmm. And it tries to think, well, what would this guy like? He's watching lots of, you know, car wash videos. Let's give him more <laughs> car wash videos. That's, that's the algorithm does that. In this law, they call that discoverability, the presentation of programs and programming services for selection by the public. Right. That's the for you page. That's the algorithm. That's the selection. That's what's boosted. That will be regulated, including the showcasing and discoverability of Canadian programs and programming services. Let me translate what this means in real life. Okay. This means that Justin Trudeau and his hand-picked censors can order YouTube, Google, Facebook to alter what is shown to the public. YouTube, Google, Facebook already do that. They already have political bias, yep. by the way. They downrank us already, yep. by the way. It's true. But what I just read to you, incontrovertibly, in fact, they don't deny it. They don't deny it. This gives them the power to say, well, Rebel News is not a qualified Canadian journalism organization. We don't think we we say they're disinformation and um, they're not a part of a healthy news diet from the CBC. And if you want diversity, well, you can have your CTV and global. If you want even more diversity, well, you got your Toronto Star. Well, there's a lot of choices. There's five choices right there. All of them are on the government dime. All of them receive the Trudeau bailout. What this does is it gives the CRTC the power to regulate Facebook, Google, YouTube, Twitter, etc., um, to, to alter their algorithms. So when people try to discover, that's the word, discoverability, when YouTube, Google, Facebook, etc., want to showcase or present, those are the words, that the government can get involved in that and boost their friends and de-boost their enemies. Mm. And who the hell do you think their friends and enemies are? They will boost the CBC and all the other compliant media, the government media, the regime media, the, the media, political industrial complex. They will boost them and they will de-boost us. And that is why, my friends, if you care about knowing what the world is like as opposed to knowing only what Trudeau says you can know what the world is like, <clears throat> I need you to go to our petition now, stopthecensorship.ca. And we are, and yes, I want you to sign the petition. Now you might say, What's the point? What's the point? I mean, this thing's passing. Yeah. We're going to take it to court. And you know we will. We are currently suing Justin Trudeau in seven different legal actions, including one when his bodyguards beat you up. That yes. was what a dark day at yeah. Rebel News. And we're going to fight back and we're going to get you justice. So help me God. Thank you, Ezra. And we are going to challenge C-11 because you know what it means. Do you think they're going to de-boost the CBC? Do you think they're going to say to Google, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, you can't show the CBC? Of course, that's government propaganda. They're going to boost it. You're going to type in Rebel News, and soon the only thing you'll be allowed to see is, if anything about Rebel News, it'll be all the criticisms of Rebel News. Right. You'll be able to see all the criticisms, sort of like a highlight reel of maybe our, our worst moments or whatever. 
You won't be able to find things. You'll see a tax on us. Or if you find us at all. And I just literally showed you in the law where that is. So on the one hand, Trudeau is regulating the internet uh, through the CRTC. On the other hand, he is paying a whole new cottage industry to denounce criticisms of him and his favorite ideas as disinformation. And disinformation, I mean, I've heard that word before this latest fad. When I was a kid growing up, I used to read, I know it sounds funny, but a magazine called Aviation Week and Space Technology, because it was really cool when you were a kid to see a magazine about cool fighter jets. And that's what it was. It was was just like a, a magazine about fighter jets. I mean, that sounds sort of nerdy, but I think a lot of boys are into that. And that's why I first discovered the word disinformation. And there was a debate in this magazine because the U.S. military would deliberately put false information out about the capabilities of their fighter jets to confuse and confound Soviet spies. Um, What's the speed of a jet? What's the range of it? How how many missiles can it hold? How many bullets? And the U.S. government would put out sort of harmless lies, harmless domestically, but it would be to hopefully um, trick the commies. And that was called disinformation. That's when I first heard the word. Deliberately putting false information out to confuse someone. And it was obviously a legitimate part of spy versus spy. Trudeau has taken that word and now uses it for anyone who disagrees with him. That's not disinformation. Hmm. It's not disinformation to disagree with him. It's an opinion. Yes. It's the other side of the story. And by the way, saying that your critics are disinformation, this implies that you always have your facts straight. Yep. When in fact Trudeau gets them wrong a lot of times, um, a lot of his statements about the vaccine being 100% safe and effective and stops transmission, all, all of that was wrong. I'm not even going to call it disinformation because I think Trudeau believed it at the time. Disinformation, like I say from my childhood reading these magazines, was a deliberate attempt to trick someone. Trudeau's critics are not trying to trick anyone. Yeah. They're trying to push back. So here he is. I'd like to show you an announcement where not only is he passing a law that will allow him to regulate the internet, but he is also spending millions of tax dollars on the disinformation industry, by which I mean people who will go around and accuse his critics of being disinformationists. Unbelievable. Take a look at this. Do we have it teed Canada up, sort of? investing to support the International Institute for Democracy and Electoral Assistance and other groups that are promoting free, fair, and inclusive elections globally. We're fighting harmful content online and promoting inclusivity in the digital world. In 2022, we chaired the Freedom Online Coalition, which helped defend internet freedom and addressed internet shutdowns perpetrated by Iran. We've also bolstered the G7 rapid response mechanism aimed at countering foreign threats to democracy, including disinformation. And today we can announce that we're investing over $50 million more in projects and initiatives to strengthen democracy around the world. Do you really think that Justin Trudeau, who invoked martial law, (laughs) deployed riot horses, shot our reporter, Alexa Lavoie, because there was some horn honking going yeah. on that embarrassed him. Do you really think that Justin Trudeau has any role at a strengthening democracy <laughs> conference? And when he says he wants to stop harmful content online and defend internet freedom, well, you can't do those two things at the same time. Because defending internet freedom means you've got to listen to things you don't like to hear. And he calls anything he doesn't like to hear Harmful. Yeah, harmful to his political ambitions. You know, that is exactly the note I made, uh, Ezra. Harmful content online. As always, the devil is in the details. So what is the definition of harmful? Does he consider fair uh, criticism of his government and his government policies as being harmful? I mean, that's a hell of a word to pin down, isn't it? Yeah. I, um, I think that today is a dark day for Internet freedom. I would like to promise you, our viewers, that we are going to fight this, not just editorially and journalistically and politically, but also legally. We've had uh, a team of lawyers with one of our favorite law firms being studying this for actually a year now as it's worked its way through um, the parliament, including the Senate. And we will challenge this because who else will? Yeah. Do you think 
the Toronto Star is going to challenge us? Do you think the CBC is going to challenge us? C-18 is, a, is another one of these four censorship bills that Trudeau's pushing through. It would require Google, YouTube, Facebook to pay money to Trudeau's favorite journalists. I think you might see some internet companies pushing back on that, but I do not see the same pushback on C-11. Actually, that's not true. Twitter filed a brief with the government, and this was before the Elon Musk took over. So these, this is even the old Twitter said what Trudeau is planning to do is um, they've only seen it in North Korea. Well, that was an excerpt from our live stream. We do a live stream every day. I myself participate a couple times a week. I'm going to try and increase that. Uh, stick around when we return your letters to me. Hey, welcome back. Your letters to me. Joe Boudreau says... Ezra, I believe you nailed it in regards to religious hate crimes. Your support of the Christian community, which is persecuted just as much as the Jewish community, is noteworthy. Thank you so much. And Ali Nantel was a refreshing voice. I, I like Ellie. He's such a good egg. I really like, you know, it, it's a pleasure to have some friends and allies out there. When Rebel News started eight years ago, it felt pretty lonely. Epoch Times has grown during that period, so I've gotten to know some of the guys uh, over there and gals over there, really good, principled, hardworking. Of course, True North, which is where Ailey is from, one of my favorite folks, there's Western Standard. It's nice to know there are some other alternative voices out there, but I should say they are all in jeopardy from the C-11. They really are. George Huxley says, Ezra, media has always been an arm of government. That is why they would never mention the aerial spraying that's been going on for 25 years. My question to you is, if you are truly for truth, why have you not mentioned it? This is a bigger threat to our health than the bioweapon shots. Best, George Huxley. Uh, George, thank you for that letter. I think you're referring to what is often referred to as chemtrails. I remember as a child, more than 25 years ago, um, looking up at the sky and asking my dad, what's that? And he said, those are contrails, is the phrase he used. Um, and uh, or vapor trails, as they were sometimes called. And it was explained to me is that the uh, airplane itself, it's um, and or more to the point, the jets cause the condensation um, of the moisture in the sky. That's my mem memory, my recollection of what I was told when I was a child. I have seen theories that that is some sort of chemical uh, being sprayed. And of course, there there is such a thing as cloud seeding. When I grew up west of Calgary, I knew that some farmers had the ability to fly their little planes and seed the clouds to try and get some rain, coax some rain out of it. So we know that cloud seeding for rain is a fact. But um, I am a deep skeptic of the chemtrails theory. But more to the point, I don't see it as a top priority for me to investigate. I, I am not convinced of it. I, I, I find it um, speculative and... More to the point, when I look at the world today, I see 10 crises that are more important for me to address my mind to than the chemtrails theory, which I do not, and the amount of effort to go into that uh, is not proportionate to its importance. I think of some of the important work that we've done that is considered skeptical or contrarian, and I think it's much more important. Whether it's defending Christian pastors in this country, uh, whether it's in the, the fighting against the lockdowns and the vaccine mandates, or now the jailing of pastors for opposing Drag Queen Story Hour, whether it was our work at the World Economic Forum where we tracked down VIPs and grilled them, I think that's all a better use of our time and resources than to chase down the chemtrails theory. Uh, in the end, you might be right. But to me, it's not a, a critically important project to put our resources to. Now, I hope I haven't hurt your feelings by saying that. Um, I like people who are contrarians, and I like people who are omni-skeptic, skeptical of every, anything. But if we have 10 stories we can cover, Rebel News, that's not going to be in our top 10. Peter Adams says, hi, Ezra, just heard on your show yesterday that you yourself got a VAX exemption to the U.S. and actually traveled there. You didn't say how you did it, though. I'm not sure why you didn't explain, but if you can let me know how you did it, that would be great. I don't know if May 11th will actually be the end of this ridiculous ban, but if it isn't, I'd sure like to know how I could get an exemption. I've looked at what is considered an exemption, and I don't come even close to matching any of them. I don't see that you would either, so I'm wondering if you found some loopholes somewhere that I would exploit as well. Best regards. 
I don't want to get too uh, much into my own personal situation, but I have complied with the law. I think it's very important that I comply with the law. First of all, I want to be honest, even though I, I despise the law. Um, and and second of all, if I were to, to cheat, which which I wouldn't, but even if I were, I think the chance of me being, um, being targeted for enforcement and being caught uh, is is an unacceptable risk. I think that we at Rebel News, we're very compliance-oriented with regards to the law because I feel like we're being hunted by authorities, whether it's Canadian authorities or if it would be a border authority. So we actually are very careful to follow the rules. There's certain rules that we despise and that we work against, but I certainly wouldn't want to break a rule about going into the United States because I would hate to be banned from entering that country. But you can find, if you go to the U.S. Um, border uh, Customs and Border Police, I, I forget the name of the organization, and look through their exemptions, there are, I don't know, there might be 10 of them, and my guess is one of them could fit you. And I, 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 this is just my way of saying I'm not going to get into my personal circumstance, but um, I was a little nervous. I have all my paperwork, and I did get into the United States, and I got in lawfully. I understand, though, that if you drive across the border, they really don't even enforce it anymore. In fact, I know a number of people who drive across regularly and are simply never asked. It never comes up. Um, and whether you in your own life feel comfortable lying and saying, yeah, I'm vaccinated, is up to you. Like I say, I, I would not do that because I, I believe I have to be compliance-oriented. I believe that if I were to lie, uh, especially lying in a situation where telling the truth is a lawful requirement, I think that, that that would be a disaster for me. So I've, I've made the choice not to lie. Uh, you may regard the law as so odious and so immoral that if you were asked by the border police, are you vaccinated, you might just lie. And I, I very much doubt they would try and hold you to any proof. That's a long way of saying I do not want to disclose the private reason I'm exempt, but I, um, it has been accepted by the border. The good news is even if you don't have an exemption and you don't want to lie, I think you will be allowed into that country in about a month and a half. Uh, I hope you don't find my answer too evasive. I just don't want to get into the personal fact that allows me to be legally exempt. I should tell you that uh, I did not fly in Canada during the no-fly uh, period for unvaxxed people. I never once flew. I never once used an exemption uh, for a Canadian vax passport. Uh, I didn't even try, and um, there's various reasons for that too, but we can talk about that another day. Part of it was I wanted to walk the walk. If I was fighting for the unvaxxed, which I was, I myself being unvaxxed, I did not want to take a shortcut or an exemption. I think I probably could have had an exemption, but um, I actually never tried to use an exemption in Canada. And I did not fly for that period of time. And it was very frustrating for me. Um, and it was extremely frustrating and humiliating, frankly, to be turned away from restaurants, including restaurants where I was a regular patron, where I even knew the staff there. I, I found that, uh, I'll be honest, I found it humiliating and enraging. And um, at least in one case, I have not returned to the restaurant that treated me that way. Why would I? Whereas another restaurant, and I won't name them because I don't want them in trouble, welcomed me, never asked me uh, for any papers. And I'll always remember that. And I, maybe it was laziness. Maybe it was they just didn't care. Maybe they just, you know, didn't feel like being uh, cops. But whatever it was, I remember the kindness with which they treated me versus the cold, bureaucratic, stone face that my regular haunts treated me. And um, I think it's a, it was good for my character to suffer along with everyone else. I think it made my complaints more authentic and it made me more sympathetic. Uh, I, I had a lot of friends who got jabbed for a variety of reasons. Some were good reasons, some were very pitiful reasons of convenience. And I wonder if getting jabbed and being able to travel and go places made them less sympathetic for those who didn't. We're talking too much about this, I think. Uh, you just asked a simple question and I, I gave you a partial answer. Um, 
But that was absolutely the worst thing that happened to civil liberties in our generation, and I will not forget it. And I am afraid with how quickly our society accepted that kind of intolerance and apartness. That's what apartheid means in Afrikaans. It means apartness. And I'm not comparing the decades of violence against visible minorities in South Africa to the way unvaccinated people were treated, although there are some comparisons. People were fired. People were not allowed outside certain areas. There were some comparisons. Um, there was an apartness in Canada. And by the way, there was a racial and class element to it as well. Many black people did not get vaxxed or jabbed because there's a history. If you Google the Tuskegee experiment, you'll know why. Many uh, black people were averse to governments promising them, oh, this, this injection is harmless, just take it. You should Google the Tuskegee experiments where the government deliberately infected black men with a disease to study them. Um, that would be a very hard legacy to get over. And there were other, other groups that just didn't trust. And um, there was a race and class element too, by the way. And of course, don't think for a second that wealthy and connected politicians and celebrities and Hollywood lovies and sports heroes, don't think for a second that they didn't get fake vaccine passports or fake doctor's notes or things like that. That's another reason I have a deep admiration for uh, Novak Djokovic, the tennis star. You don't think a millionaire celebrity tennis star who surely has a private doctor that he deals with, you don't think he could have had a fake vaccine passport done up for him immediately, a fake, oh, I got my jab. Of course he could have. Don't, don't be naive. Of course he could have. But the fact that he didn't lie and the fact that he didn't seek an exemption or a, a sneaky way out and the fact that he paid a personal price for it shows his deep, deep character, I believe. And there were some NBA players uh, in, the same, in the same boat. Thanks for letting me go on at some length. I haven't thought about these issues for a while, but um, it was a very important time for me. That's our show for today. Until tomorrow, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, see you at home. Good night. Keep fighting for freedom. Mm -hmm.